What a mighty God that you and I serve in Jesus' name. Um, tonight we're going to start a new series in God's Word for Life. Hopefully these lessons are practical and something that you can apply uh, to your daily regimen. I think that's very, very important. Amen. God gives us the ability to um, develop habits, to be um, people of uh, faithfulness. He does give us that ability through his grace and his understanding and his knowledge in Jesus' name. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to look at the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness, in my opinion, has a lot to do with our spirit. Um, flesh, a lot of times, doesn't feel forgiven. Flesh, a lot of times, doesn't sense that. But our spirit will, amen, and that's our connection with God. And so this is what God, a lot of times, will um, prioritize. Uh, as we can see in the story tonight that we're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at the story of a, of a situation that happened um, during the ministry of Jesus and how he prioritized the fact that forgiveness was the thing that was to come up. Um, tonight, in particularly, um, we're going to look at the idea that there is authority. We have the authority to forgive, praise God. Now, tonight, um, we must understand that that authority comes through our ability to do it too. Amen. Receiving and, and, um, and allowing uh, our lives to become a flow, praise God, for him. And so, again, we'll be looking at the story in Mark chapter number 2. I think the same story is told in Luke chapter 5. Um, but it seems that Mark, um, the detail-minded Mark, uh, really does uh, tell it um, to its fullness. And so hopefully we can, we can gather some things from this in Jesus' name. Have you ever been in a crowded place? What's the most crowded place that you guys have ever been in? Crowded place. Think about that for a second. Maybe I'll get a couple of responses. A place where you were just packed in there. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, that can, yeah, that one can be very, very, very packed, that type of thing. Anybody else? Yeah, concerts, that kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of scary, isn't it? Racetrack, huh? Yeah, yeah. When some, and and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the deal. I mean, sometimes we find ourselves in those kind of places. Even this uh, sanctuary in here sometimes can get packed, and that type of thing. The altar sometimes can get packed, and that type of thing. Well, and having experienced that, and, and maybe memory lane is coming back for you, you know, maybe we can start appreciating what was happening here in Capernaum. And so, um, you know, Jesus, of course, uh, came. Let me read this to you. It says, Jesus caused a great stir, a stir in Capernaum the first time he visited after the beginning of his ministry. Jesus did. Matthew 4 and 13 records that he had recently moved there, and on the first Sabbath after arriving back in town, he and his four disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, went to the synagogue where Jesus was given opportunity to teach. Jesus began to start teaching the concepts to the kingdom of God, and his teaching astounded the congregation. Even his worst critics, I mean, they, they said, man, this guy has got some, he's teaching like we've never heard. And that's really what their comment was. They had never heard anyone teach like him before. It's, but suddenly Jesus was interrupted 
A man cried out, but the voice wasn't human. Snarly, demonic voice shouted, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, thou or who thou art, the Holy One of God. This is recorded in Mark chapter number 1, by the way. And the crowd was stunned. And they were expecting a nice service at the synagogue, but an encounter, but not an encounter with the de uh, demonic power. And so this is what we see happened, you know, fairly soon right after Jesus began his ministry. Now Jesus had already amazed the crowd with his teaching. Uh, he was anointed of God. You've got to understand one of his introductory speeches, or not speeches, but claims, was the fact that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he hath anointed me with, to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Of course, we understand that he was quoting from Isaiah chapter 61. And that was being fulfilled right before their eyes. Okay? And so, you know, we understand that Jesus came with that kind of authority. And then right away, Jesus says, hold thy peace and come out of him. This is in Mark chapter 1 again. And so Jesus demonstrated the fact that he had authority over the demonic world. Praise God. In fact, the Bible says that um, uh, in the end of the chapter of Mark here, it says that these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name you shall cast out devils. And so we see that that is a very important aspect of establishing authority in the kingdom of God here on earth. And so I believe that God is doing that. I believe a lot of times maybe we don't see, you know, a demonstrative type of uh, act, but it's happening, praise God. I sense it um, quite regularly in my own prayer life that there are things that are being backed up. And what that does for me is that emphasizes the fact that it has to be a daily thing. You and I cannot eradicate the demonic world. We can't do that. That God didn't give us the, the, the authority to do that. But we can back them up. We can force them to, to turn and, and to hide. And so I believe on a daily basis we can do that. We, you can cut out a, a, a section of your own little world, maybe in your home, your job, whatever the case is, and you can claim that in the name of Jesus. And I believe that God will, will respond to that. Praise God. And so this is what Jesus did. And so the crowd had never seen a man demonstrate such authority that a demon would obey a human being just because he told it to be quiet and leave. And so the congregation had a lot to talk about. They really did. And so later Jesus gave them even more to talk about. And this is what we're going to kind of center on, you know, probably for the... For the um, uh, remainder of this Bible study here tonight and hopefully in the books and, and, and especially in the devotional, you know, you'll see that there's, there's some good things that you and I can, on a daily basis, we can expect to happen in the name of Jesus. And so healing and, and deliverances and things of that nature, these are the things that accompany. In fact, that's what Jesus said. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Praise God. Believers, amen, would begin to operate in a way that this world needs to see it in Jesus' name. Just sit there and close your eyes right now and maybe lift up your hand. I want you to think about that and, and, and ask the Lord to give you some understanding to this. Yeah, I believe he does. I believe he will. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, thank
thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise and I give you glory, Lord God, for this. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Healing, that's what God wants to do. Jeremy, do you have that video? Do you have that up? I think this would be a good place for that. Why don't you go ahead? This is going to be a testimony of how God's healing power is among us. My family faced a need that only God could handle. June 18 was a great day. Our oldest daughter was on the beginner quiz team at church. And at that time, her team had just finished a fantastic day at district finals. We were on our way to nationals. We were ecstatic and ready to celebrate with the team. After our celebration, we went to a store to pick up a last minute Father's Day gift that we needed. It was while we were there at the store that something weird happened to my wife, Sarah. We thought it was a stroke. We went to the hospital immediately. We were discharged with a diagnosis of complex migraine with neurological symptoms. She struggled with headaches for a few weeks afterwards and then one morning, Sarah woke up with a withered hand, and it basically stayed that way. We had weekly visits with chiropractors, primary care physicians, and neurologists. None of them could help or provide relief. We went days with literally crippling effects from this diagnosis. We went weeks without answers. We went from special service to special service where God was doing the miraculous only to walk away time after time with the same tensed hand, but a measure of faith that God was in control. However, God showed up 44 days later on July the 31st and performed a miracle on a normal Sunday morning during the sermon that was faith-filled in our sanctuary. It was the withered hand being stretched out whole all over again, just like with Jesus. I want to encourage you that you too can be grateful for God's healings. As of this recording, we are celebrating six years of healing. Thank God for his healing power. Oh, let's give God praise, can we? Jesus' name. He is a healer. He is. God and so healing is is um, is, a, is a real deal God is able to do those kind of things he is our healer and that type of thing but I personally tonight and I think that this this really especially this uh, testimony here in scripture really supports the fact that God is constantly healing us in our spirits through forgiveness that's what you and I can um, you know we, we can um, rest assured that God doesn't hesitate in those areas praise God and so this is what I think that, again, this story can help us to see in Jesus' name. Let's go to Scripture now. Look at Mark chapter number 2. Mark chapter number 2. And let's begin a reading here. I'm going to start just going right down the chapter here. This is in Mark chapter number 2 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised, or it was reported, that he was in the house. So again, Jesus was establishing kind of a reputation and people were following him and so he decided to go into a house and straightway the Bible says in verse number two or immediately many were gathered together and the scripture says inasmuch that there was no room to receive them no not so much as about the door 
and he preached the word to them. And I think this is important for us to establish the fact that a lot of times this is going to be the beginning. This is going to be one of the things that's going to set the tone is that God's word is being delivered. God's word is being told and that type of thing. And I have no idea what his subject was, but the bottom line is, is that that's what he was doing there. He was beginning to preach the word. And so here we go in verse number three, and the Bible says, and they came unto him bringing one sick of the palsy who was, he was paralyzed, okay? And so the scripture says that he was, be, that, that he was um, which was born of force. What that means is that there were four people carrying him. You know, you can see maybe some kind of a stretcher, some kind of a, um, some kind of a plank, whatever the case is. Um, but these people were bringing this person to this meeting. And the scripture says, and when they could not come nigh, or they couldn't go in the conventional way, as what I, what I would see, unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when he had broken it up, they, or when they had broken it up, they let down the bed therein, the, uh, the sick of the palsy lay. So do you got that picture in your mind right now? That, you know, all of a sudden this roof, you know, comes apart and these people are in this meeting. Um, how would we feel if we looked up right now and all of a sudden there was a saw? <laughs> a saw's all. All of a sudden. Yeah, it'd take us pretty back, wouldn't it? You know? And so, again, I, I, every time I, I, I read this story, or I should say most times when I read it over, I kind of get a little chuckle in myself. Oh, how would I feel? What would, I, what would be my reaction to that? You know? Well, the scripture tells us what that reaction brought. And um, I, I think this is important for us to establish something. You know, the scripture says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith in God is established in our hearts through his word. Can you say amen? amen? And so a lot of times this is where we get direction. This is why somebody said one time that if it's in the scripture and God says that we can do it, you know, we can feel very comfortable in getting involved in it. And so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But then it also establishes the fact in the book of James, the book of James. Let me show you something here. Let's quickly go there. Look at James chapter number two. And I want to show you something here. Now, I know some of you know this, or you, I, you know, you, you have an un, uh, a knowledge of this. But consider this in what we are talking about here and the subject that is at hand. Look at James chapter number, uh, number two here. And let me begin reading in verse number 16. It says, actually in verse 15 it says if a brother or sister be naked a destitute of daily food and one of you say unto them depart in peace be warmed and filled notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body what does it profit and what James is doing is he's using this as an illustration and then he says in verse number 17 even so faith everybody say faith, faith. if it hath not works it says is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So it kind of goes hand in hand there, doesn't it? Amen. And I think this story illustrates that. How did Jesus see their faith? Come on, it wasn't some mystical, you know, discerning spirit there. He could see what they were doing, he could see what was needed. 
And so a lot of times I think this is, you know, we, 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 we have to understand that faith can be seen, you know. I believe sometimes when a person gets out of that chair and comes down to an altar, you know, I believe a lot of times that's faith that's being seen, you know. Uh, maybe there was shame and maybe there was I don't want to be seen or I don't want, you know, that type of thing. But faith has said, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. And so remember that, praise God. And so the scripture says in verse number uh, uh, 19, it says, Thou believest that there is one God. Can somebody say amen? amen? It says, Thou believest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. And so again, this is something that you and I, we can see in the scriptures, illustration, and, and I'm not going to read any further here, but he gives the illustration of Abraham, how that Abraham, you know, took his son and took him up that mountain and was willing to offer him as a, as a sacrifice, you know. And I know, you know, sometimes we, you know, it, that, that's, that's a tremendous thing for us to behold. How could we ever do something like that? But again, you know, I'm, and I'm certainly not saying that God's going to call you to, you know, to do something of that extent, but I do believe that, you know, on a regular basis that God will call for you and I to illustrate or to demonstrate our faith towards God. Now, let's just take a few minutes here, or maybe a, a minute or so, how does that, what does that look like? Now, we're seeing a story here where they're tearing the roof off the place. That's pretty obvious. But somebody else, what, what does that kind of faith look like? Wow. Yeah, I think that's faith. Yeah. And remember something, the six doctrines of Christ. Faith is one of those things that, you know, we can have faith in us, we can have faith in people, that type of thing, but the scripture is teaching us that we need to have faith towards God. That's why I'm saying faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. One of the things that God wants to do is confirm his word with signs following in our lives. That's why, what she's illustrating here, tithing, which is a scriptural mandate, you know, again, that's faith. You can be assured that, praise God, when people do that, that God sees your faith. Can somebody say amen? Good example. Somebody else have another example. What does that look like? Faith. I'm talking about faith. Jeremy, did you have something? Yeah. 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 You know, I'm looking for an example, though. That wasn't, that was a beautiful, not, not to say yours wasn't, but I, that's a good example. Somebody else, somebody that, yeah, yes. Yeah, I think that is. And I think this is the kind of thing that God wants to see in our lives. You know, I mean, it's easy to, that, that when once something happens for us to, you know, to get behind it and to do it and that type of thing, but it's before the thing happens, and that's really what faith, you know, is designed to do, is to keep us in that arena, you know, while the thing is formulating. What does the Bible say now? Faith is the substance of things, the evidence of things 
Yeah, there it is. There's a, there's a beautiful demonstration of it. It's things that we know that God wants to do, but they just haven't materialized yet. But we know that they will because God answers that kind of faith in Jesus' name. And so again, when we look at this illustration or this story in Mark chapter number 2, it helps us to have a, a realistic picture in our own minds of what does that look like? Have, have, have I ever operated in that realm before? And I'm going to, you know, going to say that many of you have. And I hope that God will help, help will, and I believe he will, especially for a Bible study like this, I hope that God will bring that kind of thing back to your memory. That this is what God is pleased with. This is the thing. Without faith, it's him to please God. So you and I must um, um, come to the realization that God is going to, on a regular basis, put us in a place where our faith can be seen. Amen. Faith without works is dead. And so God will combine those. So expect that. Expect that. Expect that in your life because faith is like a muscle in my opinion. It will begin to grow. And once we begin to do it and once we begin to make that a regular practice in our life, I believe that there's all kinds of opportunity where faith can begin to be demonstrated in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? I believe that's what he wants to do. Okay, back to our story. The scripture says, here's Jesus. He's in the house. He's teaching the word. You know, he's conducting services. I don't know how big the house was either. doesn't really make any difference. All I'm saying is that Jesus, there we go. Look at this. The picture up on the screen gives us kind of, a, of, of, of something that we can look at here. You know, well, the, the idea of it is, is that the place began to be filled up. And so, um, and so here's these people, they need to get this guy to Jesus. It reminds me of the story in the scripture that, that talks about the fact that here's this woman, you know, she has this issue of blood. She's gone all kinds of places, try to get this thing taken care of. She has done everything that, you know, that she can think of that mankind can come up with. But all of a sudden, and I call it desperate faith, and sometimes this is where we'll find ourselves. And she found herself in a place where she needed to get to Jesus. She had to get to Jesus, and she had to press herself through, the, through, through a crowd and that type of thing. But the Bible says, and I don't, we don't have chapter and verse for it, she just came up with it. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Yeah. You know, so you see how faith can become creative sometimes. And God will honor that, you know. And so this is what we see. We see that woman doing the same thing, you know. And, of course, she was healed, you know. And if we have time tonight, I don't know if we will or not, but you're going to find that Jesus basically said the same thing to her, you know. And so here you are. Let's, let's see this. Bible says in verse number 5, Jesus, it says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the son, uh, or the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now think about that, you know. Well, the Bible says that there were certain of the scribes in verse number 6, they were sitting there and reasoning in their heart. You know, well, what were they reasoning? It says, why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Well, yeah, yeah, we believe that, don't we? Yeah, well, and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves... He said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? 
He said, whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk? Well, but that thou, but, but that ye may know that the Son of Man, which is Jesus in the human part, it says, has power on earth to forgive sins. He saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thy house. And the scripture says, and immediately, look at this in verse number 12. The Bible says, he arose and took up the bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion before. Praise God. And so here, I'm telling you tonight, a lot of times, you know, this will go hand in hand. That God understands our inner need. And the inner need is, of course, to have our sins forgiven. Praise God. Now, again, I'm not against healing. I think healing is part of the demonstration that God is, is, is attracting and, he's, and he's, he's drawing people, you know, unto him. But make no mistake about it, folks. Healing does not, um, does not save us. All healing does is help us to understand that God is operating. You know, and so there's no doubt that many in this, in this room, maybe all of you, you know, have witnessed at one time or another the healing power of God. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you've repented of your sins and you've been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of those sins, I'm going to tell you something. You have experienced one of the greatest healings that could ever happen to a person in the name of Jesus. That's what I want to try to emphasize right now for the next 30 seconds. That when you are forgiven of your sins, praise God, which is what God does. And they were right. Only God can really truly forgive sins, can he? And I'm here to tell you that every day you and I operate in that miraculous. That God, you know, he forgives us of our sins. The Bible uses a byword with this, that God is faithful. Amen. He doesn't hesitate. And so this is what you and I can be assured of, praise God, is that our spirits, amen. I'm talking about this, the connection with God, amen, which is the spirit. Because the Bible says that God is spirit, and they that worship him, what does it say? Must worship him in spirit and in truth. So what that tells me, that if I'm going to really truly be able to worship God the way he wants me to worship him or approach him, my spirit has to be healed. And the only way that my spirit can be healed, praise God, is, for, is, is through the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody want to demonstrate that right here tonight? Why don't you lift up your hands right now and thank God for his healing of forgiveness. Come on, that's what God does. Oh, hallelujah. Why do we reason with this in our hearts? Come on, God is a healer. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, what a, what a mighty God. Oh, what a mighty God. What a mighty God that you and I serve. I'm telling you, He is powerful. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Blessed be to the name of the Lord. Blessed be to the name of the Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. And so many times, praise God, this is what's, what, what sometimes will be the, 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 you know, the, the beginning of that. And this is what will, in, will enhance it in Jesus' name. You know, the scripture says in, um, 
uh, in, in Luke, and you don't have to turn there right now. Just let me read this for you. The scripture says in Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 17, it says, It came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, again, just doing what he was doing, you know. The Bible says that there were, uh, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting there, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now listen, I'm going to venture to say, praise God, that, and, and this is basically the same story here, the Bible, th that, that that power is, is, is present every time we come together. Now come on, I think that's why you and I, we, we, we need to be taking advantage of what the Lord wants, wants to do in Jesus' name. You see, the power of God was there to heal them. And that's why they said in verse number 18, and I'm in Luke and I'm telling you the same story that's in Mark chapter number 2, by the way. It says, and behold, men brought a man or a bed in a bed, a man that was taken with palsy and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. And they went up upon the housetop and they let him down through the tiling with his couch or with his bed into the midst before Jesus and when he saw their faith praise God he said man thy sins are forgiven thee in Jesus name I feel very very strongly here tonight that somebody needs to get that process going back in their life praise God really I'm not talking about some some kind of a um, you know theatrics or whatever the case is but the, the the plain fact that by faith God forgives us in Jesus name Come on, I don't care what it is, amen. I don't sense anything in this room that God can't forgive you for. Come on, I'm going to tell you something, and that in itself, praise God, can begin to jumpstart maybe something that is in your life, praise God, right now, that God wants to touch maybe in the physical realm in Jesus' name. Come on, I feel faith in this place right here. Come on, call upon the Lord right now. Thank Him. If you don't have anything to confess, why don't you just go ahead and thank Him, praise God, for what He's done already. Come on, I feel faith in this place. Come on, somebody's going to walk out of here healed in the name of Jesus. But anyway, you're going to walk out of here with forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus. Come on, he's a healer, praise God. That's why he confronted the Pharisees, praise God. It's because why are you reasoning with this in your heart? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Come on, do you sense that right now in your life? I do. I sense there's somebody right here, praise God, that you're about 40 pounds lighter, praise God, because of what the Lord just did for you right now. Come on, come on, come on. That's what He does. That's one of His greatest healing powers is that He forgives us of our sins in Jesus' name. Mm, hallelujah. What a mighty... Wow. What a mighty God. Oh, hallelujah, what a mighty God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Now, you, you need to understand here, or I need to at least, at least compute to the fact that's what the disciples were doing in the book of Acts. That's what they were filling that city with. Praise God, is that God still heals people. Praise God. And you must understand, one of the demonstrations that happened was the fact that they came, you know, before the, the, the temple gate there, and there was that man that had been there for 38 years, or he, he you know, he was, he was a cripple from his, from his birth. 
And Peter and John, remember that when they walked up to him, they said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. I'm going to tell you something, folks, that caused quite a stir around that city. It really did. But it demonstrated again that what Jesus Christ was doing in the Gospels, he was going to continue through the vessels, praise God, that he had called to do that, which is you and me, praise God. This is what God wants to do. He wants to continue that kind of a ministry, praise God, in our lives. Amen. And what a beautiful thing to behold. What a beautiful thing to understand, praise God, that people can be set free, praise God, from their sins, and people can be healed, praise God, of diseases, of certain thing, of, of things that are in their lives. It doesn't make any difference what they are, praise God. Come on, that's what God wants to continue to do. Amen. And that's why a story like this can, can promote faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so God will do that. Now, I trust that God will do that. Praise God. Now, think about it. You know, Jesus is still forgiving sins today. Can somebody say amen? amen. Is he not the same yesterday, today, and forever? That is what he is doing. Praise God. God is still, praise God, not only just a one uh, you know, forgiveness is not a one-time offer, folks. Forgiveness is one of those things that becomes an ongoing thing in our life. And that's what God wants to do. Let me give you a case in point here. Look at the book of Acts, chapter number 5. Chapter uh, uh, 5 of, of the book of, of Acts. And again, we're in the middle of a story. This is where Peter and John, and, and, and they're being accused of, 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 you know, preaching this thing all over the city. And I mean to tell you, it's just, it's just caused all kinds of havoc, you know. And, and in verse 28 here, I'm kind of coming in in the middle of it, but you can, I think you can sense what's happening here. And here's the Pharisees. Here's the, the you know, the, the, the rulers. They come up and they say, saying, did not we straightly, or sternly command you that you, sh you should not teach in this name. And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Okay? And so then Peter and the, and the other apostles in verse number 29 answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. There it is. There's the mandate. There's what he charges them. You know, and it says... The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. And then in verse 31, him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Do you see what he's preaching to them? I'm telling you, folks, if we'll get back to that simple message, praise God, that God wants to forgive you, that God wants to not only cleanse you, praise God, I believe that we'll begin to see a whole bunch of healings that will happen right, right just by establishing that fact in Jesus' name. Praise God. Don't forget, what did Jesus tell the man that was, that, that, the, that was the paralytic? What did he tell him first? Come on, your sins are forgiven, praise God. And then, you know, just so that these guys would know that he had the goods, praise God. Then he said, well, get up and go, you know, that type of thing. But the bottom line is the first thing that Jesus did was establish the fact that he's a forgiver of people's sins in Jesus' name. 
And I'm going to tell you something, folks. That's, like I said, that's not a one and done. That is something that you and I can establish in our hearts every day of the week, praise God. And I'm going to tell you something. I believe that in itself will clear the way, praise God, for all kinds of miracles and, 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 and deliverances and things of that nature. And so this is what they established, praise God, that, hey, this God that you slew, praise God, he gave repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And look at this. Look at verse 32. This is, what, this is where you and I are at tonight, praise God. The scripture says, and we are his witnesses. Come on, folks. Can I get a witness here tonight by the raising of your hands? How many people have felt the power of God come into their life and forgive them? Come on. Come on, folks. That's what I'm talking about. Do you feel that here? Come on. Can you sense that in this place in the name of Jesus? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Many times the, the, the disciples established the fact that, 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 you know, that forgiveness and remission of sins was to be preached, praise God, in his name among all nations, praise God. And that's what you and I have, praise God. We have that in our lives operating every day of the week, praise God. And so this is what Jesus established. That's the authority, folks. That's the thing that God put into your life was the authority, praise God, to be able to be forgiven. And along with that forgiveness, praise God, that God has extended to you and I personally, you and I have the authority, praise God, to forgive others in the name of Jesus. Now listen, we got a few minutes left here tonight. And I want to spend just a few minutes here because I feel led to do this, that you have the power and the authority through Jesus Christ to forgive anybody that's ever done anything wrong in your life. I don't care who it is. I don't care how long it went on. It doesn't make any difference. I'm not here to, 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 to be unsympathetic uh, to your plight. I'm just here to say because God exercised the authority, praise God, to come down here and to forgive us of our sins, he's passed that on. And, and again, can I get a witness of how many people have experienced the forgiveness of God's sin in your life? Well, come on, then you already know that God's operating. Amen. Now let's extend that faith just a little bit further here tonight. And if you need to, you can stand, you can lift both of those hands, whatever you need to do, but you can forgive those people. You can forgive that person. Come on, I feel the power of God here tonight to really give us an extra boost here to forgive in the name of Jesus. I didn't say forget. I said he can help us to forgive right now. Come on, somebody here tonight, you can, you can have that. You can have that in your life right now. Come on, reach up to heaven right now. That's it. Man, I sense it. I'm going to tell you something. I wish you could all come up here and see what I'm seeing. Because you want to know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing some faith. I'm seeing just like Jesus did. I see some faith in this place. That we're going to reach up and we're going to forgive because the power of God and the authority of God is in our lives. There you go. Come on, I believe you're doing it in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, come on, come on, let's take a few minutes. We, we, we got it right now. Let's, let's exercise this. Let's have faith in what God has done. He has forgiven us. He has cleansed us. Listen to me, folks, he's done it. And he doesn't hold anything back. Come on, now we can do the same thing. Come on, let that channel come through. Let that channel come through right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, I sense that right now. There's faith in this place. Mm, 
Hallelujah. There's faith in this place. That's right. That's right. Come on. You can set that captive free. That's what God is doing right now in your life in the name of Jesus. Woo! My goodness. Come on. I feel faith in this house tonight in the name of Jesus. Wow. Wow. Come on. I don't see a roof coming apart, but I do see some people raising up to the challenge of life in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a powerful God. Oh, what a powerful God. That's what he does. That's what the power of forgiveness is. That's where faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will take us a lot of times. Come on, stand right up right now. Come on, claim it in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's what you're doing right now. I'm not leaving this place with that hang-up. I'm not going to do it anymore in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Now listen, I'll give you one more thing here tonight. One more thing here tonight. You can, you can think about this as you go home. You know, it says here, you know, internalizing the message, it says, what a celebration the former paralytic and his friends must have had later that day. Here's this guy, praise God, that had to be carried into the service, and now he's walking out. What a celebration, praise God, that must have been. But think about it, folks. Think about this. They probably laughed as, as at what they had actually done. We actually tore that roof apart. We actually did that. Do you see the looks on their faces? Yeah. You know, you think about that. And how many times have we done that? Tore some things apart. But think about it from this angle, praise God. You know, yeah. But now what we get to do is we get to help repair it. Yeah. No, I know that's not in Scripture. But I'm going to tell you, there's several of you in this place right now because of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, because of what he has done in your life through faith, praise God. Now you can go into this world, and there's some things that God will bring you into the midst of that you can help repair in the name of Jesus. Would you like to get into the, into the ministry of, of, of repairing? Would you like to do that? Come on, why don't you stand right now? And we're going to ask the Lord to help us. Come on, I believe that these lessons are designed to go further than just our needs. Just what we need in, in the immediate. And please, I'm not minimizing the fact that we need to be forgiven. We do. Every day, you and I need to be forgiven. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe that God puts us in front of people that not only have holes in their roof, but they got all kinds of problems in their life. And I believe that the Lord can help us to begin to help them to repair some of that in Jesus' name. Come on, let's ask the Lord to help us to get involved in that. Let's start repairing some, some relationships. Let's start repairing, praise God, some areas of our life that need to be taken care of right now in Jesus' name. Come on, I believe the Lord is here right now to help us to establish that in our lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God.